Today is Monday, May 8th. The title for our devotional is All Natural. <laughs> the title makes me laugh because when I was a personal trainer, I would always ask these big dudes who were quite clearly taking steroids if they were taking steroids, and they'd always say, nah, dude, I'm all natural. It's not really where we're going this week, but anyways, uh, made me laugh. This week, uh, <laughs> this is my last week teaching in our a la carte Christianity campaign. Our topic is going to be how we often like to order up physical elements or natural elements of the faith a la carte, but leave the spiritual on the menu. We order up our things like morality, community, truth, uh, because they're more tangible in our everyday life experience. We can grasp those things in the physical world. The spiritual world of angels, demons, Satan, and the Holy Spirit are foreign to us, so we tend to avoid thinking about them altogether. For this reason, we often don't rightly emphasize the Holy Spirit in our faith. Jesus seems more tangible to us. He is God in flesh, and that's kind of the point. Whereas we can't really understand how that works, we have his words, his actions, his emotions documented in the Gospels. The Holy Spirit, in contrast, is more mysterious. Jesus even notes this in his conversation with Nicodemus in John 3.8. He says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Jesus tells his disciples that it's to their advantage if he goes away, because then he will send them the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 7, Jesus tells the disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit in Acts 1, 4-5. Jesus breathes on the disciples and promises them the Holy Spirit in John 20, 22. As we read last week in Romans 8, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within believers in Romans 8, 11. Because of the spiritual abuses and misunderstandings of the Holy Spirit in some Pentecostal and charismatic circles of the church, many Christians have adopted a false trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Of course, you won't hear me talk down about the Bible, but without the Spirit's inspiration, the Bible is just words. Whereas our theology of the Spirit needs to be firmly rooted in the truth revealed in Scripture that God has revealed to us through His Scripture, we must not neglect the work of the Spirit in our lives today and even in the inspiration of Scripture. Even if we believe in the spiritual world and its influence in the world, we often live as if we don't. We go about our day as if our struggles are against flesh and blood, contra Paul's teachings in Ephesians 6, which we'll read in a moment. We live as if the polarization of our culture is animated only by bad thinking. Our solutions, then, are only physical. We think, if I only present a more compelling argument, the other side will see and be convinced. When they don't, we get angry, argue more vehemently, and ultimately end up increasing the divisions. Without taking into account the spiritual influences at work, we only exacerbate the problem, in spite of our best efforts. We struggle against sin in our own lives, thinking that we can overcome them with a little more willpower. Failing to recognize the deception and influence of evil spiritual beings only leaves us powerless to overcome. Occasionally, we're awakened to the reality of the evil spiritual world, and it is often quite unsettling. In his book, Good, Beautiful, and Kind, Rich Velotis documents the story of a quote, dutiful, church-going, apple-pie-making mom from Texas, end quote, describing her, participating in a lynching of a young black man named Jesse Washington. When we think of the broad cultural acceptance of this horrendous evil, in the Bible Belt, no less, by church-going people, we can only come to the conclusion that there is some evil spiritual forces at work behind the scenes animating this evil. When we encounter stories of rape, murder, school shootings, human tra trafficking, genocide, war, etc., we can only come to the conclusion that there is something more nefarious at work in our world. This, coupled with the sinful nature which we talked about last week, have produced great evils in our world. The Bible confirms that there are evil spiritual forces in this world influencing people to commit unthinkable atrocities. In the scientific age that we live in, we're often 
We often explain away the spiritual world through natural causes. Rob Reamer, I think helpfully and, and kind of comically, points to Scooby-Doo as an example. <laughs> the episodes are almost always paranormal or spiritual in nature, at least they lead you to believe that, until in the end when the gang unmasks, usually through comical Scooby antics, the culprit and its natural causes. Of course, most of what we think of as paranormal experiences in our culture are nonsense, and I don't recommend going on witch hunts and attributing everything to the spiritual world. It is both a mistake to overemphasize it, as it is to ignore it. As C.S. Lewis writes in his brilliant Screwtape Letters, there are two equal and opposite errors into which humans can fall about devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. The devils themselves are equally pleased by both errors. He writes, end quote. The trend in American evangelical church today, in my experience at least, is far more steered towards denying their existence than overemphasizing them. Again, even if we believe that they exist, we live as if they don't. In closing today, let's simply heed the words of the Apostle Paul at the end of his letter to the Ephesians. Remember, he's largely writing to them to help foster healing between the Jews and Gentiles. One of his main themes is for them to be united as one community in Christ. This he clearly sees primarily as a spiritual battle. In Ephesians 6, 10-12, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Also, don't forget Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, 13, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For Additional content today, I've linked you to the two books that I just referenced in the devotional, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis and Soul Care by Rob Reamer. For reflection, consider your general impressions to the topic of spiritual beings in the spiritual world. Do you believe in spiritual beings, angels, demons, etc.? If you do, how does your life demonstrate your practices, the things that you do on a daily basis? How does your life demonstrate that you believe in this dimension or realm?